Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. I hope the weather is beautiful where you are today. A little chilly here in Atlanta. I am in studio. I'm actually going to record this on my laptop video camera so I can push this out because it needs to be said and seen and and heard by as many people as possible because I've been thinking more about this situation that that has come up in Atlanta. And I, I don't want to dwell on that in particular, but I want to talk about this from a larger picture because... Uh, Let me review. Let me review with you uh, the situation here in Atlanta because it applies to you wherever you are nationally. There is supposed to be a national night of rage tonight where Antifa and related Antifa groups are pledging to inflict retaliatory violence on police and their allies for an Antifa protester getting killed in Atlanta, Georgia on Wednesday. Now, I want to back up. I want to review the facts, but there's a larger point here. This isn't repetitive for the sake of being repetitive. There there are some larger points that really you need to uh, digest yourself on this. In Atlanta, Georgia, the city of Atlanta wants to take 89 acres of property that it owns in a neighboring county, DeKalb County. Atlanta's in Fulton County. DeKalb County's next door. Atlanta owns 89 acres in DeKalb County. It used to be a prison work farm, and now they want to build a police training facility. In uh, 2020, Keisha Lance Bottoms, the former mayor of Atlanta, undermined the uh, police. She made them the bad guys. She had several charged with crimes who have subsequently um, uh, been uh, the, the charges dropped. She During the George Floyd riot, she sided with the rioters. It emboldened them. They rioted through the city. And uh, the new mayor comes in, and they decide, you know what? We need to train the police better. We need to build a police training facility so that we can better equip the police, better train the police, that a lack of good training is one reason some of the police didn't necessarily behave as they should have. So you would think this would be a good thing. But Uh, Far left defund the police groups, including uh, those backed with Antifa, decided this would mean uh, police militarization. So when Atlanta decided it would um, brassy, uh, forget the the full name of the contractor, they were going to build this police training facility on these 89 acres. Uh, People from all over the nation, very few from Georgia, you do need to know very few from Georgia, a lot of them from out of state, a lot of them mostly white and female, interestingly enough, nothing better to do with their time, showed up in Atlanta and began a Molotov cocktail campaign, began shooting at anyone who came into this area, declared it indigenous territory, uh, declared it a forest preserve and a park, which wasn't true, and uh, shamefully, shamefully, the local and national media tried to do a both sides thing here and and, uh, have referred to it as parkland and as a forest and these people as uh, protesters and activists when they're terrorists. Now, To give you a fuller picture of what happened, the Antifa people started setting brush fires on the property. When the fire department showed up, they would vandalize the fire trucks. Within, they dug pits. We actually had a caller to this program whose son was involved as a firefighter in this. The Antifa goons dug pits like the Viet Cong used in Vietnam covered them over, set brush fires around them. They had stakes with human feces at the bottom. They were hoping that the firefighters would fall in and get injured. So the firefighters stopped showing up. 
When the firefighters stopped showing up, Antifa, instead of staying on the property, stormed the fire department, uh, vandalized it, uh, Molotov cocktailed it, attacked with rocks the firefighters who were ordered by their local progressive politicians not to respond. The police were told not to respond. As a result, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, and the attorney general, Chris Carr, got involved and sent in the state police. Since then... The Antifa Brigade has firebombed an at-risk youth facility that had ties to individuals uh, related to the contractor who wanted to build the um, police training facility. They have firebombed and attacked the contractor's offices in multiple states, not just Georgia. Uh, In one, they set off high-powered Roman candles. In another, they they started burning the grass. In one, they they, uh, vandalized. They have stormed into churches where individuals who work for the contractor work to disrupt church services. They have harassed the spouses of some of the contractors and targeted their children as well. Uh, No mercy whatsoever. On Wednesday, it all came to a head when the police showed up to clear the land and uh, a police officer was shot by one of the Antifa activists. Police returned fire and killed the activist. So here today... Antifa is pledging a night of rage and violence against police and their allies. Now, that's a review of what has happened. But there's a larger picture here you need to understand, and it's the double standard of justice. Because these Antifa goons, by the way, Stacey Abrams sits on the board uh, Marguerite Casey, I believe his name, foundation, uh, that foundation gave money to a uh, organization that has supported these Antifa types and this operation. In fact, the one of the organizations that got money uh, from the that foundation is fully in support of this group of protesters. They're claiming they're preserving parkland or some such. That the media is engaged in spin is one of the big issues you need to take away. Let me ask you. If a group of white nationalists, if a group of white supremacists, if the Proud Boys had firebombed a youth uh, after-school youth program for at-risk teens, what do you think the media response would be? If the Proud Boys stormed into churches, black churches, to disrupt church services, what do you think the media response would be? If white nationalists were going around the Southeast United States firebombing the offices of a contractor tied to law enforcement, what do you think the media reaction would be? If white nationalists shot a police officer, and it was ongoing, this was these weren't individual things, this was a holistic uh, attack, firebombing youth facilities, uh, attacking churches, attacking offices, targeting the children of employees of the building contractor, targeting the wives shooting police officers, firebombing a a fire department station and attacking firefighters and setting traps for firefighters trying to kill the firefighters. What do you think the media response would be if you had a holistic, ongoing series of attacks by white nationalist, proud boy, Trump supporters to police, firefighters, private contractors, their wives, their churches, their children? What do you think the national media response would be? How much coverage would this get, do you think? And what of the FBI and the Department of Justice? 
This organization has attacked this company, this contractor who's building the police training facility across state lines. It's not just limited to Georgia. The FBI should be involved. Where is the FBI? Where is Merrick Garland? I'll tell you where he is. He's rounding up pro-life protesters. That's right. This same Justice Department could not be bothered to investigate the firebombings of pro-life pregnancy centers around the country. More than two dozen have been firebombed or vandalized by this Jane's Revenge group, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Department of Justice does not have any open investigation that they have acknowledged. Instead, what they have done is they've rounded up a handful of pro-life protesters who protested outside abortion clinics. Or consider Donald Trump and the classified documents. They want to protest, they want to prosecute Donald Trump for classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And now suddenly it turns out Joe Biden had them all over the place too. Will they prosecute one and not the other? The story here is bigger than this ongoing domestic terror campaign in the Southeast that you haven't heard about because the national media doesn't care about it. The story here is the double standard of both justice and media attention. This is an ongoing series of attacks in the Southeast. They have attacked firefighters and police officers. They have shot a police officer. They have firebombed youth facilities. They have invaded churches, so much so that churches in the Atlanta area are arming themselves. They didn't do so after the Sutherland, Texas church shooting. They didn't do so after the Dylan Roof church shooting in in, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, but they're having to arm themselves now because their churches are literally being invaded by terrorists in worship service to disrupt them because they have people going to church that these terrorists don't like. There's something third world about this. And the other thing that is very third world is that your presidential administration and your Department of Justice have chosen not to involve themselves, to ignore the whole thing, because it's their allies, because these are left-wing agitators, because the local politicians are progressives and they don't want the involvement So it's not about right or wrong. It's about whose side are you on, and that is not justice. If you're a pro-life protester, you could be rounded up and hauled to prison for protesting outside an abortion clinic, but throw a Molotov cocktail at an abortion clinic, and the federal government's going to give you a pass because Joe Biden is president. That is not justice. That is not right. And what happens here, there's a precedent being set here. So what happens when it is the right-wing militias? You know, the Democrats and the media together have been telling us that they are the big threat. The Democrats and the media have told us white supremacists, white nationalists, alt-right activists and militias are the biggest domestic terror threat in the country. So Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, some Republican, gets elected president of the United States. What happens when they decide, yeah, well, we're, we're not really interested in this. We'll let state authorities take care of these terrorists. We're going to go after the abortion activists. We're going to go after Jane's revenge. What do you think the media is going to do? What do you think the Democrats are going to do? You're damn right. It's going to be outrage, nonstop outrage. And they won't care that it was a precedent set. But what will happen is the American people will. 
the American people will slowly but surely check out on the ideas of fairness in the system. They will slowly but surely no longer respect the rule of law. They will slowly but surely no longer respect the concept of justice in the United States. It becomes a sick cycle where both sides no longer respect the institutions of justice and fairness. They don't respect law and order because it's about winners and losers and whose side you're on, not about what's right or what's wrong. And the concept of right and wrong gets left in the gutter. That's where we're headed with this. A national media would cover this ongoing terror campaign in the Southeast. If it was white supremacists, if it was Proud Boys, if they could tie it somehow to Donald Trump, they would, but they can't here. They can only tie it to the left, to the progressives, to the defund the police movement that they don't want to cover and they deny exists. They don't even want to admit Antifa exists. A police officer has been shot. A youth facility has been firebombed. Churches have been invaded. People have been harassed. A company's offices have been vandalized. A fire department was firebombed all by people on the left, and the media nationally has said very little. And the media locally, shamefully, in Atlanta is continuing to call these people activists and protesters and treat it as if they're defending land. They're not defending land. They're attacking people. They're shooting police officers. They're vandalizing fire departments. And the media, by taking a side of neutrality on violence, is embedding, emboldening, encouraging the ongoing side of this. There are real winners and losers and good guys and bad guys here, and the bad guys are decidedly on the left. It's not police officers firebombing a youth clinic. It's not police officers firebombing the fire department. It's not police officers storming into churches trying to harass and disrupt church services. It is left-wing activists who are terrorists who the media pats on the head and says, well, they're just, it's a land dispute about land in a community, about a police training facility. It's complicated. They're not even from the state of Georgia, these terrorists. They've come in from out of state. And whether it's the firebombings of the pregnancy centers or the youth facility, whether it's Donald Trump, the media disproportionately will not cover anything that makes any activists on the left look like the terrorists they are, and they amplify, overamplify stuff on the right. They're screaming about the right-wing militias of America. Meanwhile, it's Antifa shooting police officers in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Justice Department and the Biden administration are doing nothing. If these Antifa types declared them pro-life tomorrow, Biden himself would call in the National Guard. But because they're on the left, they all get a pass. And that will completely corrupt and destroy all of America's sense of fairness and justice if this stands, if this double standard continues. And we really will be a third world kleptocracy. The weather outside might be frightful, but in your bed, you've got super soft bowl and branch sheets to sleep under. They'll keep you comfortable. They're just the perfect weight. Summer, winter, fall, spring, the perfect weight, and they get softer every wash. And right now, with the weather so cold outside, you want to just be snuggled up inside. They're the perfect sheets under which you and your loved one can snuggle. And right now, you can get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC at BowlandBranch.com. That's BowlandBranch, B-O-L-L. 
B-U-L-L-A-N-D-Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Bullet Branch sheets are the perfect 100% organic cotton threads that get softer every wash. Not only do they get softer every wash, but they the drape across your body is just perfect. I really enjoy mine. We've got them now on multiple beds in the house. We've just kept buying them because they're so soft. And every wash, they get softer. And right now, get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BolandBranch.com. That's BolandBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code ERIC. Hello, it is Eric Erickson here. We had a caller during commercial break who said uh, two things that you all need to know. Is and I, So now I've got to correct the record. He said the FBI locally in Atlanta has actually been very helpful to them, uh, that the FBI and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation have been escorting uh, contractors into and out of the property. And uh, so don't don't the local FBI is actually stepping up uh, nationally. The Justice Department, though, has been hands off. Um, he also said that a lot of people in the Atlanta area don't even know this is happening because the contractors have been told to be very discreet. Uh, the reason they've been told to be discreet is twofold. One, uh, to provoke further harassment from the people who are here. But two, uh, that they are afraid that you would have a swarm of people nationally come in if if they made too much noise about it. At this point, I say invite them all onto the property, build a high wall around the property, and then drop napalm to clear the clear the property. Uh, a buddy of mine actually texted me who is, is involved in this. And he said that um, the reason they're not clear-cutting the property is because the trees are booby-trapped, that they came in and began booby-trapping the trees. There are, for example, some of the trees have those small little propane canisters tied around them with nail packs and the like. So if you're trying to clear-cut and you don't realize one of them is there, they're covered up in camouflage, that you can uh, explode the trees and send nails flying towards everyone in every direction. Uh, and that's that's what's going on here, folks. Nationally, everyone should be paying attention to this story. This is not happening in Portland, Oregon, a city with collapsed law and order. This is happening in uh, the metro Atlanta area, a red state that just reelected Brian Kemp. Uh, the local Democrats in Atlanta want this project, but the local Democrats in DeKalb County, a highly progressive part of uh, the metro Atlanta area have refused to engage and have emboldened the terrorists. When we come back, I'll take your phone calls on this. Uh, e- e- the phone number is 877-973-7425. And you should also know, contrary to their claims, this is not an old growth forest. This was a prison farm. It had been cleared. It has grown up as they abandoned the farm, uh, but it's been clear cut multiple times. It's it's This is not some sort of sacrosanct saving the trees situation. These trees have been clear-cut multiple times. It's time to just burn this all down. It is time to take the land, build the facility, stop coddling the terrorists, and you people in the media should be ashamed of yourselves for treating this in some sort of neutral way against terrorists. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. I I got to just just give you an example of I, I think the uh, misfeasance of local media in Atlanta over this. Uh, so the Antifa talking points have been that um, it, 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 the the police shot 
this Antifa protester who was just a protest, peaceful, peace-loving protester in the trees described as fierce. And the initial report from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation shows that this individual fired and police responded and killed him. And a gun was recovered at the scene. Well, a later police response updates with the identity of the terrorist Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran. This is what they said. The man who died in the officer-involved shooting has been identified during the multi-agency operation at the site of the future Atlanta Public Safety Training Center that began on January 18th, 2023. Approximately 25 campsites were located and removed. Mortar-style fireworks, multiple edged weapons, pellet rifles, gas masks, and a blowtorch were recovered. There were three people who were contacted who provided their names to authorities and were free to go. The following people were arrested. They're from Maryland. Uh, three from Pennsylvania, one from Maine, one from Ohio, one from New York. They're in their, their 20s and early 30s. This guy who was killed was 26. And the local Georgia public broadcasting reporters like, I'm wondering why gun isn't mentioned as something recovered from the site where a protester allegedly shot a trooper before being shot and killed by law enforcement, and then in parentheses, or why there hasn't been any other details about the protesters' alleged gun released. Because, you know, Antifa says, uh, he wasn't shooting, he was peace-loving. Never mind an officer got shot. What they're actually trying to claim, what Antifa is trying to claim, is that the police shot the police. That's actually in some of the statements circulating online from these Antifa groups. Thankfully, Nellie Miles from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation clarifies that the initial uh, statement already noted that uh, this individual's handgun was recovered. And the update also reflects uh, that the gun was recovered. Uh, you, I mean, you've got reporters who are sympathetic to the terrorists wanting to believe the terror line. I mean, they, these people, they, these, these, they are rooting for the enemy. Whatever happened to law and order? Let, let's let's go to the phones. Uh, Sue, I want to go to you first. Welcome. Yes, hello, Eric. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. I'm a first-time caller, a long-time listener, and I do enjoy your show very much. Thank you. And my comment, you're welcome, my comment is that um, – You've talked about terrorists uh, for a long time, different groups, and uh, now the Antifa group. But it's been a long time since I've heard you say and make a comparison of the terrorists in this country to the fascists in Germany in the 30s. And I've always wondered how uh, they, the fascists could have taken over uh, Germany and I've, I'm a student of history, so I know all the history of uh, Germany after World War I and so on and so forth. But now we're seeing it in this country. They're intimidating people, and our governments and uh, people around the country do not want to get involved. They are afraid, which is what the terrorists want them to be afraid. And um, it just – our country is living – Right now, I think what Germany lived in the 30s in a large mm -hmm. degree with the terrorist groups and with how the fascists operated. They wanted people to be afraid. They wanted to intimidate. They didn't want any other opinions but their uh, own to be um, if, uh, forwarded. And so I just think that maybe you should make some more uh, 
Yeah, th- some more comparisons there. Sue, look, I, I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much. Let, let, let me explain what Sue's getting at. So Antifa is uh, short for anti-fascists. Let me give you the history of Antifa because you need to understand the Nazis were the National Socialists. The Nazis and the communists were kissing cousins. Now, I know your liberal history professor told you that the communists were the opposite of the Nazis and the Nazis were to the right and the communists were to the left. They're actually kissing cousins. Hitler and Stalin got along very well until Hitler decided to betray Stalin. While Hitler was doing his thing, Benito Mussolini was taking over Italy and he ran the the fascist party, which ultimately allied with the Nazis. Well, uh, the Italians and the Russians didn't like each other, and the communists started Antifa. And they called it the uh, Anti-Fascist Action Brigade. So the anti-fascists are communists. They were originally started by Joe Stalin uh, to disrupt Mussolini's hold on Italy. And as the Nazis in Germany betrayed Stalin, the anti-fascist rose up there as well. The anti-fascist colors are red and black, the colors of communism and the colors of Nazism. What you're dealing with is a group of people who are fascists, but more so communists. The fascists believed that they could control the means of production through the private sector, and the communists believe they could control the means of the production through the government sector. So the fascists of Italy and Germany allowed private enterprise so long as that private enterprise was dedicated to the existence and support of the state. The communists got rid of the private sector and said everything would be owned by the state, The fascists and the Nazis believed that the private sector, if allowed to make money for itself, could be more profitable and efficient than the communist state of entire state ownership. Then the communists decided that they wanted the state to control everyone, give to those who had not from those who had. And ultimately what the communists did is they ran a fascist state. They allowed these oligopolies to exist and the robber barons of the countries to get rich, just like the Chinese communists have done. Because they found out that the fascists actually were right in that regard. You allow people some competition in a quasi-private sector and allow them to get bleedingly wealthy, they'll be very loyal to the state so long as they keep making their money. And that's what the communists wound up doing. It's what Vladimir Putin does today with the oligarchs. The anti-fascists and the fascists are two sides of the same coin. They're authoritarian. Uh, they, they believe that their will should be imposed on everyone else. And in this country, after Donald Trump uh, got elected, you saw a bunch of young communists in this country fire up their uh, anti-fascist brigades, put on their black hoods, and march and do violence. They are no different from the Nazis. They are no different from the fascists. They just call themselves anti-fascist because they're not very original in their branding these days. And they're, they're deriving themselves from the anti-fascist Antifa of the 1930s. But it's the same group of bullies. And the only way you can deal with the bullies is to punch back uh, and not let them win. You've got to stand up. You've got to push back. You can't allow 
them to win or they will be further emboldened. In fact, this police training facility in Atlanta has to be built now. They can't walk it back now. They have to build it. If the city of Atlanta were to walk it back, the state needs to take it over and say, we're going to build here. You can't let these people win now or they will be further emboldened to do more of this. Again, their whole goal is to defund the police and shut police departments down around the country and engage in this level of of tyranny and anarchy around the country. They are anarchists at heart. 877-973-7425. Kim, you're up next. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm a, um, I listen to you all the time. I love your show. Um, we have a family member, very close family member, that's actually a police officer down there. And we were curious if the governor um, is thinking about calling in the National Guard um, or can we make calls to the governor to try to try to get him to do that. So I am told uh, pretty reliably that they are um – looking at all options that the state police themselves would like to do this because the state police, uh, this will be a police training facility. Uh, they think, in fact, that they have the the capabilities of doing this. If they don't, I am told the governor will, but he would prefer to give the state police first dibs at uh, taking on the situation, uh, which I think is fair. It's going to be a police facility, and it's the state police who have come under fire, so uh, let them have at it. Uh, they've got the capability and the yeah. means to do it, but if not yeah. if it descends out of control further yeah i absolutely think so and by the way i i, I gotta point out in in this my wife just so you should know and this this is my wife was a fan of keisha lance bottoms in her early days and my wife appreciated that during the george floyd riots keisha lance bottoms tried to show some empathy to the protesters that yeah that there there have been bad things that happened but burning down a city is not a way to get to have justice and my wife is also the one who noted that, you know, had, had Keisha Lance Bottoms actually put her foot down with some of this stuff, none of this would happen right now. If you will recall, it was, um, oh, what's his name, who was killed in the Wendy's parking lot. Wendy's parking lot, Atlanta shooting, and his name escapes me, Richard Brooks, of course. So in Atlanta, there was a Wendy's. There was a man named Richard Brooks. He was drunk and fell asleep in a drive-thru at the Wendy's parking lot. Police were called. They were able to get him over. Uh, He was fine for a while. Then they said they had to take him uh, to book him. He became violent, shoved one of the police officers down, grabbed his taser, gave the guy a concussion, took off running, turned around at the other police officer, fired his taser. The police officer drew his gun, shot and killed him. And these Antifa types set up a a, um, free zone, a chaz zone or whatever they call it, uh, like they have in Portland, Oregon. A woman with a young girl daughter got lost in Atlanta, turned around in the parking lot there where these terrorists were, and they opened fire on her and killed her daughter. Uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms had told the police to stay away from that area, not to clear it out, not to crack it down. It allowed them to encamp and build up, and then an 11-year-old girl lost her life because of it. Had Keisha Lance Bottoms not done those sorts of things, this thing in DeKalb County, probably they would not have been emboldened to do. Rob, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Rob, how are you? Hey, it's actually Ron. Oh, Ron, sorry. I was was calling because, you know, I think it's interesting that, you know, the the taxpayers and some capability are probably funding a lot of these terrorists in the the woods. And the reason I say that is because 
you know, when it's cold, our, our church in the past has brought a lot of homeless people, gone to the city and brought them in and gave them a warm bed to sleep in and food for the night. And just, you know, on that, that trip up, listening to them talk, all of them, or not all, but a lot of them were talking about their cell phones, their bank accounts that they had, and they're, they're choosing to be homeless. Um, it's like they didn't want low, uh, you know, income housing and, and all of that. And I think that a lot of these people, although they're from out of state, from what we've seen, um, they probably fit in that bucket. And I just don't think a lot of people actually realize that. Yeah, you, you know, a, a good number of them do. Now, some of them have actually come in from out of state to take a stand. Um, they do have these these chat groups and other things that are from around the country where they coordinate and come in. But yeah, yeah Ron, that's a good point that uh, some of this situation is people who came to Atlanta, uh, radicalized and essentially have lived as homeless people in Atlanta, have moved over into this to uh, stand in solidarity, and, and they're building their little army over there. I mean, we hear the media condemn it when you've got these white militias that do this sort of stuff, and they've completely given these people a pass because the media tends to lean left and so is more likely to be sympathetic to their talking points and sides. I mean, for God's sakes, we're seeing this uh, Georgia public broadcasting reporter question uh, the, the alleged gun and alleged shooter uh, and, and what the police are saying. I mean, they're they're picking a side here. I pick the side of law enforcement and of law and order and of people who aren't throwing Molotov cocktails. I think that's kind of the common sense position. It's why I like doing business with a group like Patriot Mobile that supports law enforcement and veterans, first responders, that supports uh, conservative causes, that supports law and order, that uh, that battles the wokes at the ballot box. You can take your business to Patriot Mobile. It's very, very simple. All you do is go to PatriotMobile.com, PatriotMobile.com, slash Eric, PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Move your cell phone business to them. They're a cell phone provider, and you get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers everyone else uses. You get 5G data voice. If you don't believe me, you want to see how strong the signal is, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Look at their map. You can see it all the way down to your house, how strong their service is. I get great service in rural Georgia with Patriot Mobile. Uh, Wherever you travel, you can too. You, they take a portion of their profits. They give it to the causes you care about. If you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member, if you've got multiple lines in your house because you've got a lot of kids who need cell phones, they can give you great discounts. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them. If you want to do it on the phone, 972-PATRIOT. You tell them Eric sent you. They give you free activation, great discounts. You can keep your existing cell phone number or get a new one, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, don't forget to text DATA to 33777. I actually wrote about this topic this morning. Uh, for Put it in perspective for a national audience that uh, you see this double standard with the press and the Democrats. They're so whipped up about uh, right-wing anarchists and the like and violence from, from white militias. They've totally ignored the ongoing terror attacks in the southeast United States from Antifa. But you and I both know they would cover it relentlessly if it was um, Trump supporters doing this as opposed to uh, Black Lives Matters defund the police people. Now, to the phones uh, we go. Maureen, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, I am calling about the Antifa slash terrorist thing that's going on right, right. now. And my, my, my thoughts 
are that there are a lot of taxpayers and people who reside in the Buckhead area and other areas in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but especially Buckhead because they would like to leave the jurisdiction of the city of Atlanta because, in big part, because of crime and other non-responses from Mm -hmm. the city to them. And I'm wondering if this situation in the city of Atlanta with this, and by extension to Cab County as well, since it's so close, is not just, is that not just telling all these people that, yes, you should probably leave, because if something like that happens in your area, which is not that far away, you're not going to get any strength and you're not going to get any satisfaction. You know, that's an interesting point. I, I will say the, the city of Atlanta uh, is pushing forward with this and not backing down. It's DeKalb County is the problem. So let me explain this for everyone. This land was a prison farm for a very long time. Uh, in fact, if you ever heard of Stokely Carmichael, the civil rights leader, he was a political prisoner there, so to speak, uh, during the civil rights movement. Uh, it, it's it, it's a fascinating area. It's very wooded. It backs up to a creek. It's one of the great giant green spaces in the uh, metro Atlanta area inside 285, the perimeter, the interstate that loops around it. Uh, It happens to be inside DeKalb County. Even though the city of Atlanta owns it, it doesn't have jurisdiction there. It's DeKalb County. DeKalb County has become increasingly Democrat, increasingly progressive. It's the most liberal part of the state of Georgia. And its local politicians are scared of Antifa and do not want to embolden them. And as a result, have told police, law enforcement, firefighters, everybody to not engage. As a result, it's had to be kicked up to the state police to deal with this situation. It's the local leaders in DeKalb County who are allowing this to fester. And that spills over into all parts of Atlanta, just as crime spilled over into all parts of Atlanta when the old mayor of Atlanta refused to actually have law enforcement's back. Um, these are problems that just magnify and metastasize.